Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, part of the CLNS Media Network. I am joined by Adam Taylor and Wayne Breezy Brown, the usual suspects. Um, just plugging our sponsor as well, FanDuel. It is the number one sports book in America and the official sports book partner of the CLNS Media Network. Fellas, how are we doing today? Yo, what's popping, man? Yo, Wayne, what's going on, man? What's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm always smiling, guys. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. There's a smile on my face, but uh, I can't wait to break down the breakdown of what we witnessed on last night. It's the breakdown of the breakdown, right? One of those ugly games. Again, a team that they should have beat kind of felt similar to what the Nuggets did against the Spurs. So one of those games where you go against a team that's clearly tanking. Houston Rockets, you lose a close one. I believe final score was 111-109. Missed layup attempt by Jason Tatum at the buzzer. Jalen Brown has a fantastic game, 43 points. But again, another really low shooting night uh, for the team as a whole from three-point range. What what are your immediate takeaways from this game? Because it, it it feels like, we talked about this the other day, Wayne, but just like up and down, like you can't get a consistent effort. You really don't know what team you're going to get on a given night. you know. And that's kind of scary as this team gets really, really close to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for consistency. Um, and it's it's... It's it's awkward because a team that you should dominate. I mean, we were their 16th win of the season. So a team you feel like you should go in and dominate. But I keep telling you every single time, bros, like whenever we got to play one of them young, energetic, fast, scrappy teams that aren't playing for anything in, in their lives, like they come out and they punch us straight in the mouth. And I think the Celtics get punched in the mouth and they don't know, really know how to res- respond. It's like a fight. You know, you're going to get punched in the mouth. And do we fight back? Of course. But sometimes that first punch, it doesn't knock you out, but it, it makes you wear and tear throughout the rest of the fight. And it looks like, you know, when they were playing the Houston Rockets uh, last e- last evening, they just couldn't figure out how to how to counter. I mean, they came close. They, they pulled it back. And, you know, I, I feel like the Celtics just revert to some of their old ways. Like, you know, a lot of ISO basketball, a lot of mental breakdowns, uh, a lot of turnovers. <laughs> and, and then and it's harder, to, you know, to respond. You know, the first time all season – Adam and Tim, I can't blame the refs. I think the first, this is the first of the first games. I'm not going to mention the referees, the NBA officials. What the heck? So it was, it was just weird. Uh, I'm frustrated. 
And I'm sure the Celtic players are frustrated. I'm sure Coach Mazzula was frustrated. He looked frustrated. He was cursing out somebody last night. Uh, but they, they got to figure it out. They got to tighten it up. And if Mazzula needs to shorten this rotation and perhaps not play certain players because we, what, 15 more games, 14 more games, we're, we're headed into the playoffs. Got to do what you got to do. I'd rather see those specific guys. What was Al Horford? I know I'm rambling on, but what was Al Horford's stat sheet? Did he have more than three points? Like, I, like I'm like, that can't happen. I've got it know? up right here from last night. I usually try and keep the stat sheet up just because I try and get some writing done during the day. But no, he finished with two points. He was one of three from the field. Oh, a two from three, five rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal by the looks of it. And that was over about 31 minutes. So rough and night I'm, for him. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying you got to find a way to get him to be another scorer from your starting unit. And you look at your starting unit, it was what? It was uh, uh, JB, it was Jason Tatum. And then who's that third scorer from your starting unit? I think it was Derek White. And and I don't even know if he started. <laughs> like I, I'm just saying, it's it's super awkward. You know, Brogdon came in and did what he was supposed to do off the bench. Grant Williams, just they they played well without him last game, and then this game they kind of stuttered. And I don't want to blame him either. I just don't know why they can't figure out how to be consistent. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with this team right now, right? Like so. Look, the one thing with the Rockets, and I've seen the Rockets for a team I've watched play quite a lot this season because I like the younger teams. I like the, watching these guys develop. Their guards are quick, and they're exceptionally good at breaking down off the dribble. You know, Jalen Green is one of the most athletic guards in the league. Kevin Porter Jr. is incredibly shifty. He can get where he wants to whenever he wants to kind of get there. I remember when he was a free agent after he had that trouble. I think it was a like a firearms issue, he got caught mm-hmm. and then he got and he got released. And I was a big proponent of being like the Celtics should get him because the, the talent is there, right? And there's a professional locker room that can help keep him on the straight and narrow. Now, obviously, Stephen Silas, the Rockets coach, has done a good job of kind of nurturing that talent. But the Celtics struggle whenever they're up against a team whose guards can dribble and penetrate and they're athletic and fast. And then you look at Jabari Smith Jr., who's just coming into his own down this stretch, three-point shooting, rebounding machine. He did a really good job defending Tatum last night. And this is his first year. The dude's a rookie, bro. And, like, he he held his own. And from what I remember, he held his own when he defended DeMar DeRozan uh, the previous game against Chicago as well. So it's not like Houston are scrubs, right? They're, they're a talented team. They're just young and they're learning their way. And I don't know whether it's a mentality issue. Like, this team's Celtics are coming into games thinking we got this because we're the Celtics. But I wrote about this for Celtics blog. It'll be out by the time this drops or shortly after. Like, there's no identity. Like, you don't know what this team is. Like, what we jack and I even wrote this. I was like, look, jacking up a bunch of freeze is not an identity, it's a toxic personality trait. Like, oh, we don't care if we're going to, if they're falling, we're going to shoot 40 freeze. Why? Like your best success came when you was attacking the rim. Tatum got hot. Well, sorry, he got warm when he was getting down the hill and attacking the rim. And I get it; he missed that layup to end the game. But you know, things happen. Brown is a mid-range guy, so why are we shooting forty-yard threes again? I just I think there's a lot going on at the moment. I'm losing faith in Joe Mazzula. I felt there was a there was a stretch in the second quarter where they ran the exact same play. Five times, just a well, not doing that, a variation of a chin action, 
So they ran a chin action, they scored. What did they do the next time down? They run a chin flare. What did they do the next time down? They run a UCLA. Then back to chin. Then to chin flare. And I'm like, dude, you're showing this team your entire hand. Like, if you if you find success with an action, don't spam the shit out of it. You did it with Spain pick and rolls earlier in the year. Teams are going to adjust on the fly. And then when you need an action to get a bucket down the stretch, it's too late. You, you've ran it that much that they are anticipating it. They know, they've figured out how to defend it. If they'd only run that once or twice in the second, maybe they could have gone to it for that final play. Do you know what I mean? So I just think that they're over... They're, and that, to me, is a confidence issue. I just don't think they're very confident right now. I don't think they know who they are as a team. And that's a big, big concern. Especially as they go towards the playoffs, because that's sort of the time where you need to be able to put your stamp on the game. And I don't think that they've got any kind of calling card. You know, last year it was the physical brand of defense. That was that team's calling card. That's what their identity was. It's not even just like a matter of Jekyll and Hyde on any given night. It, it, it's been a long question coming. And a lot of people have said this over the season, but what happens and how does this team respond when the three stop falling? It, and I don't think that there's a clear cut answer to that. And that's the problem. It's not like, oh, well, if the threes aren't falling, we're going to go ahead and try and play this way. We're going to focus on ball movement. We're going to focus on off ball movement. We're going to try and set some more screens, try and penetrate more, maybe try and work into the mid range. They're not doing any of that stuff. They're not turning to it consistently. And then we've got guys trying to hit those, you know, save the game shots. Like Marcus Smart chucked up a three pointer randomly last night. And it was like so ill advised. And I'm just like sitting there saying, this guy earlier in the season was such an important integral part of the offense. And now because he's not at a hundred percent, it's like the entire offense just seems out of whack. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's on smart, like solely, but he was a guy who kind of helped keep things moving. And I think right now, like him personally, because he's dealing with these health issues, I think he's kind of reverted into those old habits of like, it's easier for me to go ahead and try and take this three pointer than it is for me to try and, you know, get to the paint, get to the bucket. If you're like dealing with any kind of injury, that's going to affect your movement. And I know that that ankle is bothering him. I'm just wondering what else might be there. And you're looking at Grant Williams struggling the same too. Grant, Grant Williams looks incredibly indecisive. I know that his elbows bothering him, but like, what are you doing, man? You're I've constantly praised Grant Williams for being like a high IQ basketball player. And then he just continues to do really stupid things. He had a play where he overhelped Sam Hauser, left his man wide open in the corner three, and he recovered, but it was way too late. He overhelped for like no reason. Sam like wasn't getting burned or something like that. Like he was moving with his man out to the perimeter and then Grant drifts over to try and help. And there was no need for it. Is that like a communication thing? Is that, But at this point, though, like you're damn near 70 games into the season. How do you not know what to do in that situation? Was he helping or was he stunting? I don't think he was stunting or if he did stunt, he he went way too far. It was like he he was helping and then he was like, oh, snap, I got to get back to my man. Yeah, exactly. It didn't seem like it was a conscious like, yeah, uh, it didn't look like a conscious decision to be like, Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit here and then get back over. It was like, oh crap, I left my man wide open in the corner. Oh, they're swinging the ball over that way because I left an unguarded shooter right in that corner pocket. Smart did the exact same thing as well, a yeah. couple of times, and I think Tatum did it at times. And that, that to me, I don't know if you guys agree, but that feels like it's part of their scheme. 
Because there's no reason three or four guys that are all high IQ defenders continue to leave somebody wide open and get burned unless they're being told that, hey, we want to add that additional layer of pressure. I just don't know. But I feel I, like um, they're really slow covering getting back out. I, I can understand if you were trying to do that against a Donovan Mitchell or yeah. or, or to a, a scorer, a, a person that's going to shoot. It's different Luka. when you're doing it. You know, it's a lot different when you're doing it against a Giannis because you're not expecting him to take that three. So the moment he sees that you get to that double team, you're hoping that pass doesn't get through to the next player and they hit that shot. But everybody's not Giannis. A lot of NBA players can hit the three-point shot. <laughs> like, so you, you don't want to leave these players wide open. And that's the one thing that is confusing me about the Celtics defense. Why are there too many wide open shots? And then when we get our wide open shots, obviously we can't hit them, right? It's just, it comes down. It just, it's just one of those nights. I think my issue is you kept saying that we need to find our identity. I think our identity is to shoot three-point shot. I, I think that's what the identity is. Like it's to shoot the three because when they fall, they fall. We're blowing teams out but the question is how do you adjust when they're not falling and they had the answer last night guys they figured it out they started driving to the paint name raise your hand if you ever in your entire life agree with the take from Kendrick Perkins last night I was agreeing with him he specifically said they just need to go to the paint. They can't stop them. And the, you see what I mean? It keeps every time we went to the paint, we had the jewel file or made a layup. And some of them layups were hard, but they still went to the paint. They got themselves back into the game. The moment they got back into the game, what did they revert back to? Their identity. Easy. Yeah. But you see, the identity, in my opinion, is the identity should be what you fall back on when everything else is failing, right? Like, so last year under Rodoka, it was defense. So when yeah, the offense wasn't defense. there, you fall back and you're still one, you're the best defensive team in the league. Don't matter how shit you're shooting that night, you no one's scoring on you enough to beat you. And that's why I said, like, the amount of freeze they're taking shouldn't be an identity. It's a toxic trait. It's what it's I agree. The, it's that personality trait that gives people the ick. Right. You live by the three or you die by the three. I know it's cliche. Like I said, you make your threes, you blow a team out. It's hard for teams to come back, especially if they don't shoot as well as you. But there's times where you're going to miss. And when I say you, I mean all the players are missing. Everybody's missing. Sam Hauser can't hit the three wide open. That's bad. And, and so I'm saying they, they I, I'm not saying that that's their, that's their identity. That should be their identity. But from the way I'm seeing it from that's my perspective, what it is for sure. that's what it is. And so why can't they get back to the defensive minded? It has to come down to the coaching. Missoula is not a defensive minded coach. What if the absence of, of Damon Stoudemire, it was critical last night. What if, what if that was it? We don't know. It's crazy. Like, how are they not playing defense? They are a great defensive team, and they can't even figure out how to, to be that defensive-minded team that they used to be. And then the same players. Who are we missing from last year, really? Except for Rob Williams. Who else? I mean, they traded they traded Tice, too. Yeah, but that no, was part of the – But again, yeah, like, the big piece is Rob. But for, what's, for what it's worth, I feel like the biggest thing that this team is doing that – last year's team was like really good at was just that defense and consistently like they were starting really switch heavy. Right. I feel like the beginning of the season, they were switching a lot. And then there was a point where they were over helping a lot as well. And like, they were switching for like no reason. And now we're at a point where I really don't know what the defensive identity of this team is because it's, it's never consistent. 
And that's kind of what it's come down to. I think the identity of this team is consistently inconsistent. You don't get consistency from three. You don't get consistent ball movement. Jason Tatum's coming out and saying, yeah, I started the game off low energy. You can't be low energy as the main guy. They've consistently said, as I say consistently once more, the Jays are the guys who set the tone for this team. If they don't come out correct and they don't come out with the right energy right off the jump, it's a wash. They're screwed for the rest of the game. And you could tell with this Houston team, that's a team that you should go out and beat. I know that they're young, they're athletic, they've got a good squad as they're coming up, but they had 15 wins for a freaking reason. And they've got 16 because you didn't defend, you shot poorly. And then for the one moment that you actually adjusted and did everything that you were supposed to do, like get to the paint, cut, move the ball, like, like Wayne said, like they were chipping into that lead and they looked good. And then they immediately turn away from what's working. And I think that's what gets most frustrating for me is like, this is a team that knows how to win and they know how to win in that way. Like they know specifically how they are going to get that. And then they just proceed to not do it. Because Missoula doesn't know how to implement it. That's not his coaching style. He wants offense. Mm. Do you know what blows my freaking mind? I mean, really blows it. And Wayne touched on this. It's like, Every time there's a bad shooting night, everybody is cold. Now, logically, logically, it should be one or two guys are cold, and there's a couple of guys that can still get their shots. But for some reason, it's like, yo, Jason Tatum's missing his freeze. Everybody is bro, missing their it's freeze. it's like they all catch COVID, bro. Like, <laughs> COVID of shooting. Like, oh, man, I can't hit a shot. You know what? I can't hit it. I can't hit it. What do you mean? I, I never thought I'd say I'd miss Paige, Peyton Pritchard, but unfortunately he's hurt. Maybe he was the, a spark we could have used, but he can't play right now. And he wasn't getting enough minutes to get to yeah. have any rhythm to score anyway. Exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah. Peyton, you haven't played in like 12 years. Go and pull up 10 frees. Hopefully they'll hit. Oh, yeah. Like, And then you know that it's like bad because Mazula just hasn't got a clue about his big man rotation. One time, you know, you'll see... Cornet out there, then you'll see Muscala out there, then you'll see Blake Griffin out there. You're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And people that are like, hey, yeah, we're missing Rob. When Rob comes back, it's all going to be a bit of bullshit because this team was blowing teams out of the water to start the season with no Rob. Their best stretch of the season came before Rob got put back into the into the rotation. That's when Mazuda started trying to play that double big, but keep that ball movement from having more ball handlers on the floor. And I just feel like he hasn't settled on what's best for him yet. He hasn't decided, like, do you even know what coach you want to be? Like, what's your what's your calling card? Because it was very clear at the start of the season. Right now, it's just like, dude, you don't know what Celtics you're getting on a night-to-night basis. And that's just, with what, is it 13 games left? That's appalling. That's what I said. Yeah, it's, not it's 13, yeah. 13. My bad. I think I said like 16 earlier. 15. No, you were, you were like 14 or 15 or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you're right around there. I don't Either know way, it's bad. There's there's not that many games left to try and make an adjustment. So you said it, guys. It starts with the coach. And so like the coach has to figure out his identity in order for the players to figure out their identity. Or you're going to end up looking like the Lakers with a LeBron James, a coach who just there and and the J- you know what I'm trying to say and we don't want that. Darvin Ham's catching strays for no reason, man. I like Darvin Ham. Coaches the Lakers, that's a reason, dude. You can't like Darvin Ham. He's the enemy. I liked I liked him a lot. I wish that he didn't coach the Lakers. Can I start something here on Vitamin C's. My bad. All I'm saying <laughs> is 
I'm thinking past Lakers coaches when LeBron was literally like the coach and making the decisions and things like that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't want that with Jason Tatum. You want that young kid to play his best effing ball every freaking night. You want Jalen Brown to play his best freaking ball every night. You want the GM, the GM, and you want the coach, the freaking coach. And if Marcus Smart is a better player's coach, then he has to be a better leader. And I feel like that's what we're missing. Like, he's doing dumb passes, creating crazy turnovers. And it's just like, dude, we just went on a run and you just gave the ball back and they hit a wide open three because you're not back on defense. That's when you take the threes, when there's numbers. And you and ain't nobody to defend you in your face. If you miss, you miss. I it's just hard. It's hard. And, and you know what we do? We watch every single game, every single second, and we and we hope that it's going to be different. And again, it's different for every team. I guarantee you they play a team that's contesting, a team that's playing for something. The Celtics put on the big boy shorts and they play basketball. But when they're playing a team that's inferior to them, that they feel like they can go out there and play lackadaisical. I don't care if it was five in the afternoon or whatever Houston time is. Yesterday it was a little bit early uh, than 7.30. I think it was 5.30 in the afternoon. I think they're two-hour difference, right? Who cares? They need to go out there and put their big boy pants on every single night. Every single night. Um, Before we continue that, I just want to take a pause for our advertiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Interesting thing that I want to bring to you guys, because I think this ties into a larger conversation, because I know that Jalen Brown's come out and talked about the three pointers. I know Jason Tatum's talked about the three pointers um, and overall, like their, their approach from offense. We've talked about Joe Missoula being focused on three pointers and that being basically the fulcrum of their offense. And they're that's why when they're not personality trait, I'm sticking I, with it. For the I tend to agree with that, but in terms of physical terms, I'm going to say it's a fulcrum because without it, it, the whole thing just falls apart. Is there like a difference in ideologies between Joe Missoula and the players for them to say that, Hey, I think we're taking too many threes or we took a lot of threes, man. Like we took a lot and to seem to not, I don't know. Is there something there? Like, is there a difference in ideology in how this team is attacking on offense? And maybe that's where there is this broad disconnect because I feel like the offensive consistency that we saw earlier in the season has just completely gone out the window. Well, let me just start with this. A lot of these guys, in fact, any player that's been on the Celtics since they were drafted, which is a large portion of their roster have played under two defensive minded coaches. Brad Stevens was a defense first coach. Ime Udoka is a defense-first coach. This is the first time they've played under a coach that's put so much stock in being an offensive powerhouse over being a defensively sound rotation. And there's probably going to be a little bit of, well, we've had a lot of success in our careers by playing defense-first basketball. You're talking to guys, especially Jason and Jalen, 
and Horford's been there for most of them as well. You're talking to guys that have gone to multiple conference finals, to an NBA finals, all on the back of a sound defensive structure. To then ask them to start, and then their offense has always been balanced. Udoka liked to run a lot of inside-out actions. There was a lot of ram actions and stuff that made sure guys were getting post-touches. They were attacking off um, screens and openings. Stevens was super creative X's and O's wise. I think Missoula is really lacking with his time at ATO's. I think they're poor, like really poor. Um, or not poor, they're just basic, right? They're like going to KFC and ordering mash with no gravy. And it's just basic, dude. No flavor. <laughs> yeah, just bland, right? Um, I think that's a big issue. I don't know whether that's a... Di- I don't know if it's, the players are going to be pushing back on that a little bit. I don't know. I would. I, I'm not there. But what I would say is that a lot of these guys who have going to have been around for a lot of success and they've all been defense first. And at the moment, it feels like it's offense first. So if they're starting to say we're shooting too much, then maybe they are. Because guess what? Every time you miss a shot, now it's a transition opportunity. Now you're defending on the break. What are the Celtics weakest at defensively? Defending the fast break. And the way you try and limit that is to take higher quality shots. And that means if the shots aren't falling... You do what you did in that game against Houston and attack the rim, but you don't try and then defer back to, you know, what, what was the retirement? And Missoula's like, yo, you're not shooting in a freeze. What you want to bad, dude? We've just killed a 10 point deficit. We're back up. We're down by one. No, we're not shooting freeze because it's working. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm very big on it at the minute. This entire Celtics team is built on defense and they're not playing defense. You had a team with Marcus Smart in the rotation last night that got out hustled. That should never happen. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe maybe they maybe they're I don't know. Here's my theory. Maybe, maybe they're just trying things out. I mean, we're gonna finish the season with a with a pretty good seating. And maybe they're just trying to figure out their rotations for the playoffs. And then maybe when the playoffs happen, the Celtics take a power pellet and then they turn on their defense again because the defense will get better in the playoffs. Um, and then it might not revert to the shooting, all the shooting. Listen, we, we're a three-point shooting team. I, I, I thought we were the top three-point shooting team in the league, and, you know, Missoula's going to look to take 30-plus three-point attempts every single night, <laughs> um, and, and we're just a top shooting team, and so with that, we have to continue to shoot. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, practicing, even though it's a game time. You want to continue to shoot. You want that muscle memory to continue to go, but – I think the issue is the my only issue with Missoula is adjusting, and that's what scares me. Uh, I, it's not the players, it's not it's not the mentality. It's him being able to adjust on the fly, and I don't know if he's if he's capable of that yet because he's such a young new head coach in the NBA. And I keep telling you, I don't want to see certain teams. And we talked about physicality, but we we rarely talk about the coaching matchups. I don't want to see Spolstra from Miami. I don't want to see Nick Nurse. I don't want to see those coaches that have been there and done that. It's it was different with Udoka because we knew the you we knew the team's identity. We we're gonna play defense and create buckets in transition and get points. Like that's what we knew we were gonna do. This year it's different, like you said. So I'm I'm hoping my theory is they're just out there just trying to get by and finish off the season strong. I think they go on a good run, good stretch, the last uh stretch at home. They finish off strong, and then it's playoff time come April, May. So we'll see what happens. What do you think, Tim? 
I mean, so I, I was just pulling up the stats because I just wanted to have a look to keep it in perspective. Um, Wayne talking about three pointers um, in terms of attempts per game, uh, the Celtics are averaging the second most only behind the Warriors. They're averaging 43.6, so almost 44 Good attempts damn. a game. That's way more than 30. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, it's just it, it helps keep it in context because of how crazy they've been from three in terms of attempts. We're not, we don't have a Clay Thompson and a Steph Curry. They're still fourth right now. They're still fourth in three-point percentage. So fourth amongst the league, they're shooting 39.4%. Yeah, but a hard, large part of that's Brogdon and Horford. Like Tatum, and that's the I other thing, like, too, yeah. I feel like Tatum's miscast as this three-point guy. Like Tatum is a guy that is an elite scorer, but he needs to be in rhythm, and he gets his rhythm by attacking the basket, working that, that high post, putting him in pinch post up actions, feeding JB in the mid-range. That's what gets these two guys going. Three-point shots are part of their arsenal, but they're not specialists. That's not the type of players they are. They're, they're complete scoring wings. And you're, you're taking away, in part, some of their main weapons. And I just don't get it. If you want people to just run around and jack up freeze, go go keep Sam Hauser, go get yourself a Duncan Robinson and hope that he figures it out. Go and get yourself a Max Struess and, you know, and then you can play that jack-up freeze all day long and don't worry about defense. But when you've got two wings that can score on three levels, why you're jacking up that many frees is beyond me. Well, and I think it's also with Jason Tatum. He can get to the basket. And you saw him only, he only went, he went four for four from the line, but like, at least like Jalen Brown was seven of eight from the line. So like, he was a little bit more aggressive when getting to the cup. And it felt like, Jalen was getting all of these shots and taking all of these buckets and he had a great performance, but it feels like whenever he has a big night, it's because everyone else is just playing terrible and they need to go to the hot hand. So they defer to him, which felt weird when they didn't go to him down the stretch for that final shot. It felt kind of weird. Cause I was just like, he's been there. He's been playing well. And I don't know. I felt like you should have gone with the hot hand, especially because Tatum was having a really rough night. And do I feel like, Brown's games, his high-scoring games, come against what the offense is doing. Like, while everyone else is jacking threes, Brown's cutting into the paint, getting the ball and shooting middies. Like, he, he's like, no, this works. I'm doing this. Can, I, can I ask you guys a legit question? Because, I, you know, I have some friends. They're diehard Celtic fans, right? And so one of one of my friends, he's just, he's just shitting on Jalen Brown every single night. Oh, he's the worst player. I mean, granted, Jalen Brown can't dribble. I'm sorry. I don't know what, I don't know what he's doing. His what handles he's, are rough. I agree. His, his handles are bad, but do you guys see that the last game Jalen Brown was just taking, like just being like a bad player because I, I didn't, I didn't get that. I mean, I'm not saying he carried the team on his back, but he literally carried the team on his back. He had 43 points. I mean, would like, does he pass the ball all the time? No. Is he getting better at playmaking? Yes. But when the team was struggling, he put the damn team on his back to try to keep the team in the game by attacking the basket. Like, and yes, he did miss a free throw toward the end, of, like not the end end, but toward the end of the game, which could have changed the score just a little bit. When he had those three, he got fouled as a three point shot, and, and and he missed one of the he made two of the three. But I don't get why he's getting such this bad rep Jalen Brown he's not a he's a high ISO guy but he's I don't see him being such a bad rep what are your thoughts on Jalen Brown and then hopefully that touches into what Adam was just talking about 
I think he's efficient. Um, I think he's one of the more efficient players. I mean, 16 to 25 against Houston, four attempts from three. So that's a lot of attempts. But again, this team was chucking threes and Tatum was two of 10 from the night. So like two of your best players going six of 20 from three, not great, but at least he shot 40%. I still think that's a lot, but he was also taking a lot because again, everybody else was struggling, but seven of eight from the line. I'll take seven out of eight every night. If that's what he averaged or what Tatum averaged, that's good. It means that you're attacking the basket. You're getting fouls. You know, maybe you're making some of those for some and ones, but it means that you're actually pressuring the room because right now they're settling into these three pointers. And I don't think that was on him against Houston overall. Like the team was just not hitting threes. March overall has been really, really rough for the month of March. I just pulled up the stats. They are still third in attempts with 43 attempts a game, but they're 12th in percentage. So 37.2%, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't feel terrible, but when you're taking that many threes, it kind of is a problem because that is really feeling, it feels more and more like that's where all of their offense is dictated from. And I agree with what you were saying, Adam, like for, for Jalen and Jason, like those guys are able to penetrate. They're two of you, two of your best like pressure guys, if that makes sense. Like the best at getting pressure on the rim, attacking the paint, finishing through contact, and they're just not doing it because they're settling for threes because that's what they're being told to do. Well, we've got to go ahead and get 40 attempts up. Like doesn't matter where they're coming from, doesn't matter if like we just brought the ball up, I'm going to go ahead and step into a three. There's a couple that Tatum did last night. And when, when that works, it works. Like he did that against Portland and he was draining threes like crazy, but you know, when he's cold, he's cold. And I just feel like he personally needs to be able to change gears and get to the paint, get to the free throw line, because he's one of the best players to do that on this roster. And he's not the only guy who needs to do that. But like, again, it, it starts with him. It starts with the Jays. I've caught heat for saying this on a million different occasions, but I'm going to say it again. Is it Jalen being a finisher? Yeah. Jalen Brown is one of the best play finishers in the league. And what I mean by that is you have him, if he's cutting off ball and you feed him the rock in the lane, he's going to finish and he's going to convert. If he's in like, if he's backing someone down in the post or he's sealing a guy and you hit him with a high low pass, he's going to finish. He's the guy you put the hands, the ball, you put the ball in his hands to finish an offensive possession. He's one of the best play finishers. When it comes to creating, he's improving a lot. His dribble is just not there, especially at speed, but he's a, he's among the best play finishers in the NBA. He can mm. just get, he gets buckets. If it's a fast break, he can finish. He can he can penetrate. He can rip through. He he's just a bucket. Asking him to play outside of that and be more than that, well, that's developing and it's going to eventually get there. But right now, if you're looking for wins, the the role he played against Houston, where he was just we're going to give him the ball because he's a bucket, that's the best role for him. And that's that doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's exceptional, but that role is where he thrives. And so, so I can see why some people get frustrated because they're like, oh, you know, he's we're going to probably have to pay him a max contract. If he gets all NBA, it's going to be a super max guy. Can't why really create for us. No, why, but why do, why do I don't we, get it. Why do we care? Why, why does anybody care if he gets paid super max money? Who else is going to – who are you going to give the money to? 
at the end of the day, though, if tickets go up $5 a ticket, who the fuck cares? Like, you're still going to go pay the $5 extra <laughs> for the ticket. What is the problem? Let him get his money, but let him do his basket. Let him play his, his style of basketball. I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because the last play of the game, it was Jason Tatum driving to the bucket against Houston, which I'm cool with, but I guarantee, I, I just have this funny feeling Jalen Brown would have finished that or at least drew the contact to get the, to, to get a foul call. Or, or, or whatnot. Now you also have to factor in he might have turned the ball over, you know. <laughs> Sweetie well, Dummy. I mean, everyone's all right when Marcus Smart makes a boneheaded play. They're like, yo, it's the Marcus Smart experience. That's what I don't understand. But the moment Jalen Brown does it, yeah. oh man, he's just a terrible, he's so terrible. No, he's not. He's really, not. how can you tell me a person that scored 43 points had a bad game or played bad? It doesn't make any sense. Is there anyone saying that he was playing bad? Or that, like, and you can be like, I mean, it's just if a, you said to me, Adam, he scored forty-three points, but he was a, he was terrible on defense, and I'd seen that, and I agreed. I'd be like, yeah, it was an average game because for every two or three you scored, you gave up two or three on the defense. But he wasn't terrible on defense. No, he wasn't. That's he the just, point. He just turned the ball over. Listen, go back and watch his possessions. His dribble. I think Jalen Brown and I think Tim and I touched up on this, Adam, that the, the issue with Jalen Brown is he's so in his head. He's faster. Like he's, he's already making the play before he's making the play. It's like a wide receiver. The quarterback throws him the ball, but before the wide receiver even catches it, he's taking off running. It's the same thing with Jalen Brown. He gets that ball in his head and he's getting to the basket before he forgets he's got to continue like the dribble. And next thing you know, they're poking their hand and then they're knocking it out. Or sometimes he's getting it back or whatever, whatnot, and they reset. But that's his issue. He's a fast player and he has to have his mental and his physical has to meet somewhere in the middle. Once he gets that shit, like Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, not going to say what I've was thinking about saying, but Jalen Brown, he's that impact. I think he's more of an impact of a player than Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is the best player in the team, but I think Brown's impact is different. I, I think he it's just different. It's just different on a level. What I will say is we've been saying that about his dribble for about five years. Yeah, so it's when not going to change. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. And that's the thing, right? I remember saying this four, three or four seasons ago, like, yo, when Jalen Brown tightens up that handle, watch out. <laughs> Three, four years later, what are we saying? When Jalen Brown tightens up that handle, yeah, it's just not good. I mean, I mean it still could. It still could. Like, he's just entered his prime. Like, there's still time. But I feel like this is who you, like, what you see with JB is what you get. Which, I feel yeah. like Tatum's probably another year away before, or two years away. And then we'll say exactly the same thing about Jason. What you see in two years from Jason is the, the best version of Jason because he's going to be 27 then. Okay. Yeah. Truly in his prime. Yeah. I think. I think for Jalen, it's just, it's just a matter of I think like what Wayne said, just catching the speed up because I think he body wise, like he wants to move at a certain speed, and he had this problem when he was like really like when he first came into the league where he was just like moving so so fast, and it's he's he's had moments where the game has slowed down enough for him to know exactly what to do in a given moment, but sometimes he'll go into a player or go into a drive and not know where he's going next, like if he goes to the rim and all of a sudden he's meeting someone there, he doesn't know what he's doing with the ball next, which means he's throwing it out to hopefully find someone on the perimeter, but that's not always the case. I don't think this was one of those games for him. Um, defensively, he's always had the issue of playing off ball, falling asleep off ball. So that's something that he's 
when he's locked in, he's locked in. And it helps when the rest of the team around him is locked in. And I don't think that they were against a Houston team that they should have beat. And I think that's kind of what it waters down to. I, um, I don't really know what else to expect from the Celtics at this point. A They've win? got, I mean, I would like to see some wins I, going into this final stretch of the season. I'm wondering if it's, you know, better off just trying to steal a couple games, try and stay in second, not worry about first seed, prioritize health, rest, you know, guys like Marcus Grant and just try and get through, just get through and get healthy and just figure it out. I think the rotations need to get tightened up, but I don't know if that's something that's going to get done now or if Joe's trying to, you know, kind of protect his hand before he uh, gets to the playoffs, not trying to reveal too much. But besides that, is there anything else that you guys have to add today? All righty. Well, other than that, we're going to wrap it up today. Um, thank you guys again for everyone who joined in for Vitamin C's. Uh, if you've made it this far, please like, comment, share, subscribe. Let us know in the comments what you guys want for content. And as well, just to remind everyone, we are a member of the CLNS Media Network, and we are proudly sponsored by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of CLNS. Other than that, take care, everybody. Cheers. Stay safe. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet.